Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Millian, and this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And before we get into anything about today's episode, obviously you guys can tell that we are on your feed on Wednesday instead of Sunday. So with the new format change of Name Three Songs, after doing this for a while, we thought it made more sense to put out our episodes midweek so that way we would be able to talk about stuff that happened Friday through Sunday with y'all rather than having to wait a whole week to discuss what happened over the weekend. So this way you guys are going to get a full week of pop culture opportunities for us to talk about rather than having to wait a whole week for us to discuss things. So from now on, our episodes are going to be dropping at midnight Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays. So that means if you are in California, you're going to be getting the episodes at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays. And everywhere else in the world, you will wake up on Wednesdays and our episodes will be in your feed. So we just wanted to acknowledge that we weren't sick over the weekend. This isn't a one-time thing. From now on, Wednesdays are your Name Three Songs days. And I think that we will be all the better for it because we will have more opportunity to talk about Friday night, 7 p.m. news nonsense drops. (laughs) (laughs) And festival nonsense. Oh, like 1975 in Malaysia. That's right, folks. This week, we're, of course, having our fangirl nonsense. We are talking about Love on Tour. Don't worry. We are talking about Love on Tour. (laughs) We are talking a little bit about Barbie, but mostly about Ryan Gosling and Jimin. We also are getting into why Doja Cat is bullying her fans on the internet and maybe also not the best human being ever. Yeah, this week has been super chaotic when it comes to artists respecting their fans. And not respecting their fans. <laughs> yeah, this week has been really chaotic when it just comes to how artists react to fans, whether that be positive in the Harry Styles and Jungkook kind of way or negative in the Doja Cat and Maddie Healy kind of way where they just care about apparently money, even though Maddie Healy is going to say that he cares about being progressive. But that's not really what happened. And that is right. We are talking about all of the 1975 Malaysia nonsense that happened this weekend, in which Maddie Healy gave a very long speech, kissed Ross on the mouth, and the 1975 were promptly escorted off stage due to anti-LGBTQ laws in Malaysia, and the rest of the festival was canceled. So, we're getting into all that at the end of the episode. We will have timestamps on our Instagram stories. And before we get to our fangirl nonsense, I do want to acknowledge that Jenna and I, of course, because we are pop culture girlies and also just girlies being girlies, saw the Barbie movie over the weekends. And we have lots of thoughts and feelings. We were just girls girling. (laughs) We were 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 girls girls girling. girling. We were Barbies, Barbieing. (laughs) 
lots of thoughts and feelings. I am obviously going to see the movie again this week already. Have my tickets to see it <laughs> obviously. again. <laughs> obviously. Because one needs multiple existential crises due to a Barbie movie in a week, of course. So we are going to be recording a Patreon episode discussing our Barbie thoughts and feelings. So that'll be available to y'all by this weekend over at patreon.com slash name three songs. So you can go join us over there to get our thoughts and feelings on Barbie once you've seen the movie and (laughs) want access to that. As you guys probably know by now, our Patreon is pay what you want. You can pay anything from $1 to $10 a month for that. So you can get all of that over at patreon.com slash name three songs. All right, let's do this fangirl nonsense. Sarah, would you like to take the floor? I would, but it's sad. I guess that's the 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 life and times of being a fangirl. There's the highs and there's the lows. And you can't have the happy moments without the sad moments. You can't have two years of love on tour and 169 shows without the sadness of it coming to an end. Oh my god. Guys, love on tour is over. And Harry's being so in his feels. I mean, like, we got the daylight video that he said was, like, for the fans and felt very much like the end of an era of tour. He also ended... So, like, the show, the last show of love on tour was at the largest outdoor arena in Italy. So it holds 100,000 people, but that says 100,000 seats. So I don't know how many more people on top of that it held since he had standing room. So I feel like it was probably like 120, I would assume, just based off of how big that space looked. So he ended the tour in like a huge, huge space with so many people, which I think is kind of beautiful in a way because it allowed so many more people than would normally be able to like see him at a time, be able to see him at a time. But... It was just like so emotional watching the videos because like he kept getting emotional and there was literally like one time where he started talking and he like his voice cracked and he like felt himself crying and he literally was like, I almost, I almost got through it. (laughs) And it was just like so funny. But also guys, he he played best song ever. Did he know all of the lines? No, he can't remember how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it was more like Harry saying every fifth line of the song and the crowd <laughs> saying best song ever. All of it, yeah. But it was iconic and beautiful and amazing. And it just, like, the set list, like, he played two ghosts, he played Falling, he played both Stockholm Syndrome and Daylight, and he ended the show with, like, a 10-minute-long piano ballad that he, like, recently wrote. I think my favorite moment of everything was Harry doing the boot scoot and, like, his reaction to people being excited that he knew the dance, where he's like, I've obviously been practicing, you stupid idiots. (laughs) That was very cute. It was so cute. And I'm just like, oh. But honestly, out of like, that was just like a very like Harry being Harry kind of moment and like taking part in a thing that the fans created. And then on top of that, at the end of the show where he basically was like, I've seen what you guys have created in this space that I've given you. And like, you guys can keep doing that without me. And I'm like, I can't believe Harry Styles listens to name three songs. I know. (laughs) No, because no, because I, I, you sent me that video or I saw it or whatever. And I was like, Sarah always says this. And like, rarely (laughs) do artists ever acknowledge that he's like, you guys have created something beautiful here. Like, when have you ever heard an artist say that? Never. And like that just like really, 
really hit me because like I've honestly felt a little bit delusional in feeling like Harry gets it but it has always felt like Harry gets it just in the way that he interacts with fans and I'm not just talking about shows but like even when he meets fans like he's so polite to them always it seems as if he fully grasps like what fans have turned him into and like refuses to ever make an opportunity where fans can believe he's something other than that and like while that might be a little bit complicated because i do think that the harry styles that we know is 100 percent created by us i think that he is good enough at his job to like be able to be harry styles himself and like harry styles the pop star and like give fans what they want and need but like also giving himself what he wants and needs through the harry styles pop star persona wow because i think like it's close enough to who he is as a person yeah but i think that creating like a stage persona or whatever is like the healthiest way to be a celebrity in a lot of ways because you can like feel like you have your own self that like other people don't know but yeah but just based off of that speech it was just like so incredible hearing him say like i see what you've created and i think it's incredible and you can keep creating that even while i'm not here with you. I do think it's interesting because if you think about what an artist is and like what a persona is, is like there's a certain amount of like blank canvas for fans to work with and like helping also create that idol image. And honestly, the reason I say this is because I'm reading this book by Walia Eaglehawk, literally about like the BTS persona and like how fans interact with it. But I think it's similar with Harry of like, there's a certain amount of mystery to it that lets fans project onto it what they want it to be, which is exactly what you're saying about like the Harry Styles we know and love is something that fans have largely created. And it feels like, and from what you're saying, it sounds like he like fully understands that. And in a way, him keeping some of his personal life personal it gives even more to fans for the persona of Harry to be like this great thing. 100% and I feel like compared to other artists I feel like because like I know that there's still some fans who like don't get it but I feel like there's a larger portion of Harry fans that know that like we have created Harry Styles and that like we have created that space. It's weird for the artist to not only acknowledge that, like even so subtly, yeah. but to respect that. Yeah. Because like a lot of artists, if they realize that, they don't respect it and they like burst that image. Like there's a lot of respect between Harry and his fans. Like yeah. a lot of respect from Harry to his fans. Yeah. And I think that's part of the balance. Yeah. And I feel like there is like a larger percentage of Harry's fans because like we all know that like there are complete like there's toxic levels in every fandom, you know, but I think compared to other fandoms that I've encountered over the past couple of years, like I think that there's a larger percentage of Harry's fans who are like aware that they've created that space and like they're aware that like they created the vibes in the venue like obviously you know what i mean it's like obviously like harry facilitated it but like that feeling of just like love and respect and admiration amongst everyone and like there could be like a friend around every corner i feel like is largely something that the fans created and like hearing harry acknowledge that and be aware of it and like celebrate it at the end of tour and honestly not just like feel sad that like he doesn't get to do his favorite thing anymore, which is like playing live shows because, you know, like he needs to take a break. He needs to make more music. He has movie contracts that eventually he'll have to do once the strikes are over. Obviously, he's going to miss tour. But I think in a way, because he does respect his fans so much, he's going to miss 
the fact that his fans are missing out on like the moments that they've had on love on tour Stop. and like it just it just that's like so it just emo. Felt like that's what it felt like in that speech like that's what i got yeah. out of it and i was like yeah. that's really beautiful that he's like not only yeah. gonna miss this for himself but like miss what his fans created for each other and i was just like yeah harry i love you so much <laughs> absolutely also this week Many of you are probably well aware the the Barbie movie has dropped. <laughs> the Barbie movie is finally here and it's the gift that keeps on giving. Sarah and I have both seen it the weekend that it came out. Obviously, we have a lot of thoughts and the movie is freshly out there in the world. So we can't really talk about it on the podcast as a whole because that would be unfair to people who couldn't get to the movie straight away. So we are going to be dropping a Patreon episode in the next couple of days about our reactions to the Barbie movie, our thoughts and feelings just because that feels a little bit safer to do because oh boy do I have lots of thoughts and feelings and I just gotta say Margot Robbie's Barbie would be the number one name three songs fan and I love that deeply yeah that movie was really beautiful I think it changed us all it'll change you too (laughs) but my fangirl moment this week is that in the Barbie movie and this is like already out there so I'm not spoiling anything but there's a scene where he's wearing this like black cowboy outfit with fringe and there was like photos of them because they filmed this in LA so like there's been photos of them going around and I don't know if like the costume directors knew this at the time when they got this or if they like fans figured it out and then like posted about it on the internet but the outfit that he's wearing is an outfit that Jimin wore in the permission to dance music video (laughs) so like a very big deal that they were like matching outfits and so of course barbie if you guys have been paying attention like has this insane marketing campaign going like insane but like as part of it just a little treat just a little treat for the fans they get a tiktok of ryan gosling being like (laughs) jimin i know that you wore this first and you wore it better and so i am going to give you ken's guitar (laughs) and then i i was like oh my god like when this this came out very recently i was like this is hilarious and i was like is jimin even gonna respond like um, (laughs) i feel like he might like drop this video because it had been like a while and i was like what if jimin just doesn't respond (laughs) but today day of recording which is monday jimin did post a video of he has Ken's guitar and he basically was saying like thank you Ryan Gosling (laughs) and it was very cute and it was very wholesome I just remember seeing Ryan's video about it and I was just like dying because it felt like such a Ken thing for him to do yeah (laughs) it's just like I want Jimin's attention what do I have to do to get Jimin's attention yeah the same outfit Yeah. It is just so funny that like the biggest movie of the year, the biggest marketing campaign of the year still managed to get BTS involved, like maybe even accidentally. Yeah. I love it so much. The other reason that this was significant is because Jimin's favorite movie is The Notebook, which stars Ryan Gosling. Oh my God. Oh, that's cute. So it was just like full circle moment because Jimin's like very much a romantic. So it's just like full circle moment. But yeah, Jimin put out his video today, which is very cute. And I'll post it on, I'll post all this stuff on our Instagram so you guys can see it if you haven't already. That's really wholesome. And so with all of that positive fandomness <laughs> out of the way, we do just need- keep that in mind for this <laughs> next conversation. <laughs> yeah, just like remember that like not all celebrities hate their fans with what we're going to be talking about right now because Doja Cat is at it again being rude on the internet specifically to her fans but when I saw the trending tweets about Doja like yelling about her fans being unemployed and stupid I was like why does this feel familiar why is it giving Maddie Healy in the New Yorker (laughs) 
whenever artists say something stupid now all i think about is it's like nobody's boyfriend is coming home and asking them babe why are you so distraught at your computer and them being like like, maddie healy's being stupid again yeah no obviously that's what i thought Maybe Maddie and Doja have a little bit more in common than we thought. I mean, they accidentally are right-wingers' favorite celebrities on the internet, and Uh, they hate their fans a little bit, maybe. (laughs) So, you know. So all of this came up because Doja got mad about her fans giving themselves a fandom name, which was, like, Kittens, which, like, also apparently Doja, like, put out a Twitter poll about this, like, a few years ago, and, like, people voted on it, and it was Kittens, and she, like, basically went on this huge Twitter rant and, like, replying to people and was like, my fans don't get to name themselves shit. If you call yourself a kitten or a fucking Kittens, that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with a house. And she says she made the name when she was in quote, alcoholic teen, which also just feels like a disgusting excuse and like in generally very rude. Yeah, it's like all really weird because like after she went on this tirade, she deleted all the tweets, but she also got mad because supporters were using her government name as she refers to it, which is Amala Ratna Zondil Zlamini. And she tweeted, you making my government name, your screen name is creepy as fuck. And so she also urged her fans to delete their entire social media account if they previously used her quote-unquote government name in that. And it's like, it's not like her name isn't available for people to know. It's not like her fans had to like deep dive to find this. Like any article that you bring up about Doja Cat, her legal name is included in the article with the explanation. She literally just was like going back and forth with so many people because she says my life, my rules, my style, my attitude. And someone responded saying, I want to hear you say I do love you guys. And she says, I don't though, because I don't even know y'all. And then another fan tweeted, we don't know you, but we've supported you through thick and thin. Mind you, you'd be nothing without us. You'd be working at a grocery store, making songs on fucking garage band, miss high school dropout. And then she says, nobody forced you, IDK, why you're talking talking to me like you're my mother bitch you sound like a crazy person i mean this isn't the first time that she's done this though because that was the other thing like when i was googling i was like i feel like her fans have been mad at her before but i couldn't remember what many, they were mad many times at her about and like in may she called her fans dumb because she had tweeted about how her albums planet her and hot pink were cash grabs and that their fans fell for it and she goes now i can go disappear somewhere and touch grass with my loved ones on an island while you weep for mediocre pop music and like her fans just like fully hated that to the point where a fan literally tweeted at her everyone is mad because you're calling your fans dumb and doja literally is like dot 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 are they not so that was may of 2023 and then also in August of 2022 there was a whole thing about how she was saying how Twitter wasn't letting her reply to anything and she was also bullying her fans then and one fan literally tweeted at her and was like all you do is come online and rant about stuff it's never anything positive or being grateful just constant negativity it's so embarrassing and sad and dumb and then Doja called that person a nerd and told them to shut the fuck up and like another fan was like Doja like we love you don't come at us and Doja's like you're being a cringe ass nerd please stop so this is just a case in point of like some people just 
can't deal with fame. And I think that this is very much proof that virality and viral fame and like essentially allowing people like the record industry enabling people to just continue to just be that famous without like kind of even giving them the opportunity to kind of like quote unquote train as a pop star like starting in small venues, starting out small and like working their way up. Like they're just like, okay, like proof of concept. Like let's just have them playing Madison Square Garden straight away or whatever the case is. And so it goes straight to their head and they don't know how to deal with it. And they just like are online being crazy. Yeah, I think that there is an aspect of that to it. I also just think Doja's like maybe actually an awful person and like we don't yeah. really know her because she's like currently dating an like incel guy um that people like have receipts on and then a few years ago she like was caught literally saying racist stuff and like pandering to incels and like on like deep deep dark corners of the internet and I sent Sarah a TikTok video about this earlier. There was a creator who was talking about this so I'll post it on our Instagram so you guys can see more. But I think that she's like maybe actually like an awful person and she yeah. said before that she like hates being famous and so I think she just like fully plays into it because she like wants to be rich but like yeah. deep down has like a lot of like deep-seated hatred which is also insane because she just announced like a massive tour but the thing is that like I don't think there's going to be any backlash for this like I think her songs are so popular no one's going to care even th- but like also is she going to bring that attitude to stage and like is yeah. is her tour going to kind of go up in flames if she's acting like this on stage maybe I think both things can be true of like her being an all around shitty person and also the fact that like she got famous so fast and like there wasn't anyone around her to rein her in because they're like her music will stand for itself or whatever the case is because it's the same thing as you're saying about how you don't know or don't think that there will be that much backlash about this and I mean that TikTok creator who sent me in their in her video like she said the same thing and i think it is because a lot of people who aren't that online are her fans because she just got so big so fast and like reporting on deep incel reddit you know 4chan that kind of stuff isn't something really that most major news outlets are going to be reporting on. So, I mean, I th- this is literally one of the first times in a pop culture moment where Jenna knew more about something yeah. than I did because I just had absolutely no idea. Yeah. Like, the most I know about Doja being problematic was that I knew she was, like, fucking weird on Twitter. At work recently, we did, like, an explainer on her boyfriend, and I was like, oh, why is she dating, like, a MAGA redneck? And that was confusing to me. And the other thing I remembered was when she, like, asked Noah Schnapp to connect her to the guy who played Eddie Munson and then he like posted about it because he thought it was funny and then she like called him a snake and tried to like ruin him when he's like a college freshman yeah and probably the most well-adjusted child star to ever exist in pop culture history because he's just like at UPenn chilling so this creator's name on TikTok is called Hot Weird Goral (laughs) <laughs> I will post this on our Instagram so you guys can watch the video. But it was very interesting because, like, so this creator mentioned that, like, all this stuff with the, like, tiny chat, like, incel nonsense came out in the peak of, like, when George Floyd and, like, Black Lives Matter protests were happening. So it's, like, there was just so much else going on at the time that, like, nobody cared about celebrities and, like, what celebrities were doing. Because I remember this happening and I remember this happening on Twitter and I think it all just got brushed under the rug. But, like, that's why I'm, like, Doja's probably, like not a good person and so like anytime she like acts up it's like that's who she is i'm just curious 
how and why the Twitter stands are told are still Twitter stands because this isn't the first time that she's bullied them publicly on Twitter. Just feel like if Harry Styles went on Twitter and called me stupid, I would stop. Liking I mean, Maddie him. Healy called you stupid. I know, and I'm like, <laughs> and has like done things. To, I, I mean, I honestly haven't listened to them since and i didn't buy a ticket to the madison square garden show this fall because of everything that's happened because i'm like really mad so it's like i mean it's complicated because it's like that thing where it's like if you guys saw on instagram like i had posted on our stories about them getting announced for taking over the headline set for Reading and leeds which i think is crazy and like a huge deal also because they're playing their first album in full which is like a big deal and it's like that hard thing where it's like that album means so much to both jenna and myself and it's like oh wow this is like the first time in ever that they're gonna play the whole album in full how do you not acknowledge that but at the same time it's like his behavior is just mad at him deplorable yeah and it just is getting worse Yeah, which I think is why it's complicated. It's complicated for fans, but we are going to address all the Maddie stuff in a minute here. Yeah, we have to talk about what Maddie has been doing. But I think like the interesting thing with Doja is, is that like fans are weirdly putting up with it, which I think also just goes to show that like there's not going to be enough backlash for it to really even get back to her team that much. But I mean... Like Jenna said already, like it'll be interesting to see if she has like the same vibes at her shows, especially with how much fan service a lot of fans have gotten used to from their artists at concerts. And with how much people have been throwing shit on stage, because I could see where fans are throwing yeah. stuff on stage and Doja like has a fit. I could see that happening. But also like because Doja is partially kind of viewed as a TikTok star, I think that there's more of the disconnect between fans and her than there would be between like fans and Harry because Doja is like the queen of doing like TikTok lives and shit. And so I feel like there's going to be that expectation of fan interactions where like there isn't that expectation expectation from like taylor swift or beyonce or a a lot of people that size the whole thing we just said the whole thing we just said about harry respecting his fans is clearly absent here and i think it's going to become very apparent in the concert setting also contrastingly this week jungkook went on live stream this week like during his promotion cycle and talked about how much he loves his fans and is literally like you guys are my best friends (laughs) it's just such a stark contrast from like this doja scenario and so i found some twitter translations from at mini Youngs and eternal hyyh so thank you for guys for the translations so jungkook's basically saying i want our relationship to be something where you can say he's my friend this guy's my friend although it might feel like i'm a stranger or someone far away i just want you to be comfortable with me and then he says rather than seeing each other on the streets asking for pictures and signatures just go like hey what's up bro and then he says one day i want to have a drink with armies i'm so curious how it'll be while talking to each other while talking about things we're curious about and such and he's just saying like i want to talk with each other and then he says i wish i can grow close to the point with armies to the point that i can call them my friends so literally (laughs) literally one has anyone ever it's so sweet and nice to know that there are artists out there, especially artists as big as members of BTS yeah. that are like so understanding of how much their careers are thanks to their fans and like 
appreciate their fans in the way that they do. And I know that it's like more part of their job to understand fandom, like in the K-pop world than it is in the Western music world. Like, I'm sure that it's probably part of their training to understand like that fan artist relationship. And like for them to know that this is their job and they should be thankful that this is their job. But still, I mean, like that doesn't take away from the truthful and heartfeltness of what he's saying. And it's just so crazy that there are little literal artists out here who are on the internet bullying their fans and just being like, oh, I'm popular enough and I have enough fans that aren't online that this isn't going to affect me and like I can be as much of I can hate my fans and the people who listen to my music and think they're stupid and dumb as much as I want and then Jungkook's out here being like no I would deeply love to like have deep conversations with my fans (laughs) and like if I could I would give them all my organs (laughs) yeah 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 So in stark contrast to Jungkook loving his fans and in comparison to Doja just shitting on her fan base, Maddie Healy is once again only caring about himself and not caring about the patrons of his arts, which as the artist he claims to be. You should really be caring more about the patrons of the arts. You can't see you can't see me right now, but I'm shaking my head deeply. (laughs) (laughs) So the 1975 were set to headline Good Vibes Festival in Malaysia a couple days ago. And like I've read so many articles and watched so many videos and I still do not fully understand what transpired that caused this. But it's as if Maddie Healy, while coming out on stage, was handed a piece of paper that said, this is a Muslim country. They don't believe in LGBTQ plus rights. And he's like, I must respond. Yeah. So in us talking about Maddie recently, especially after the whole Taylor thing, I feel like you'll have seen a common trend in my response to Maddie Healy in that I personally am very concerned about him and his mental health and just his state of being and the fact that like he Truman showed himself by having this most recent tour be a piece of performance art because as we've already said like at the beginning of the tour the conversation amongst fans were is this performance art or is this real and as the tour went on it became more and more obvious that there was like a point in which he stops being performance artist Maddie Healy and starts being real Maddie Healy. Like it was, it was clear that there was like two different shows going on and that he was like really trying to do this like deep performance art thing. But the more the fans realized that it was performance art, the more he was breaking the fourth wall and the more things started overlapping and we didn't know where performance artist Maddie ended and real Maddie began. And It's kind of like he realized he was the star of a TV show and didn't know how to deal with that. And it ruined everything. And it feels very much like he's bitten off more than he can chew when it comes to that a lot. That coupled with all of the Taylor Swift stuff and all the backlash he got from a lot of Swifties calling him racist and calling him a lot of things. I think it's all just kind of doubled down on him. The one other point that I want to make about Maddie is that I think, especially based off of like the New Yorker article and like other things he's tried to say in defense of himself in regards to all the backlash from like people discovering him and researching him post Taylor Swift is that Maddie is very much trying to prove to everybody like but I am this progressive man that I 
distinctly said in the performance art piece of the 1975 at the at their very best that like I don't know if I can be because I'm a white man and can a white man ever truly be liberal and progressive and then it feels like he stopped trying and like those are his words yeah and it, it feels like he stopped trying but he also feels like he is still trying to prove the point of like no but I am progressive yeah. and like I care yeah. about this stuff yeah. and it's like you can both care and like be an ally and like do these things without putting people in danger if you actually are an ally and actually are progressive and actually want to help you do research you don't just say things i think he's like it's one of those things where he's like i can't win no matter what i do i can't win but also like you're doing things that are very much pushing the line that doesn't need to be pushed and then being like oh they got mad that i like i pushed the buttons you know yeah and this this whole thing at the festival was very much him just like being so oblivious to his privilege. And I do have like transcripts of like what he said. So I'm going to read some of this because I think it's fucking insane what he was saying. Because this is like, I think it's like mid set because they've already played part of the set. He says, I made a mistake when we were booking shows. I wasn't looking into it. I don't see the fucking point, right? I do not see the point of inviting the 1975 to a country and then telling us who we can have sex with. And I'm sorry if that offends you and if you're religious, but if you're, but your government are a bunch of fucking and I don't care anymore if you push I'm gonna push back I'm not in the fucking mood I'm not in the fucking mood anymore and then he goes on saying that he saw a tiktok where he was like just like a video of him with a friend and his friend's child he picked up the kid and people on tiktok were like having a debate about like where his hand was placed and calling him a pedophile and stuff and he was like basically going off about how like what we're just casually accusing people of being pedophiles now for entertainment and he was like fucking pissed about that which I'm like sir do not conflate do not conflate this country's government with like things you saw on TikTok. These are not the same thing. Yeah. And then he goes, "Well, it fucking looks like it. I'm not having a go at you if you're filming this. It fucking looks like it." Basically saying, "I'm not in the mood anymore. Unfortunately, you don't get a set of loads of uplifting songs because I'm fucking furious. And that's not fair." to you because you're not representative of your government because you're young people and I'm sure a lot of you are gay and progressive and cool so I pulled the show yesterday and we had a conversation we said you know what we can't let the kids down because they're not the government but I've done this before I've gone to a country where it's fucking I don't know what it's fucking ridiculous it's fucking ridiculous to tell people what they can do with that he points to his dick and that and he points to his mouth if you want to invite me here to do a show you can fuck off I'll take your money you can ban me but I've done this before and it doesn't feel good and I'm fucked off. And then he proceeded to make out with Ross for like 15 yes. minutes. Yes. And that and then like immediately after that, they got kicked off stage and said, well, the government of Malaysia has banned us, has banned the 1975 and they left the stage and they didn't finish their full set. OK, so as we've talked about recently in Maddie, Ta Maddie Talk and as we talked about in one of our first ever podcast episodes when we talked about Maddie Healy and his fucking God complex, I have always staunchly said that what happened at the Dubai concert a few years ago, Maddie crossed the line that yeah. that was a line that I understand the thought process behind what he did in being like, it's not cool that your government's not okay with people being gay and then kissing a male fan. But Maddie Healy can go straight from that stage to his private jet and get out of that country before facing repercussions. Meanwhile, that 
act could put the person he kissed in danger and other queer people in danger. And yeah. clearly, and this is a repeat. A repeat this is a, an, an exact thing. repeat of the same thing. And like on top of it, it's like a white man from a Western country coming into a country that he has done no research on, hasn't looked into the activist groups there that are trying to help move things in a more progressive direction. He hasn't looked into the history of the country's relationship with the queer community. He hasn't looked into like what people are trying to do to fix things. Like he hasn't done any work to try and see like a positive and essentially approved by the local queers way to like be an activist to try and help them. And instead comes and does the only thing that he knows how to do, which is be a fucked off angry white man and be like, what I'm doing is progressive and don't tell me otherwise. And it's like, I'm not here saying that like what the governing laws of Malaysia aren't like, I'm not saying that they're it's not oppressive. But what I am saying is, is that like one person coming into a country, especially a foreigner, especially a white male foreigner and saying something that can give the government an excuse to like tighten the reins on like what other Westerners are allowed to come into the country and what other forms of entertainment people are going to have access to. You're like you're helping it make it a more oppressive state. You're proving the point of the government, which yeah. is like, oh, yeah. if people from the outside, from the Western world come in, they're going to ruin our country and therefore we're just not going to let them in meanwhile like the way to actually fix things is to be like see look we can come and be okay with your rules but then like secretly be doing stuff or like whatever the well, case here's is the like thing. have meetings if, if with maddie, the activists if, like do something progressive and positive rather than well if maddie's so mad about taking money you could have fucking researched a local activist organization to donate everything you made from that show to yeah like that would have been a huge act of support like he just like has no no filter, no like thought process. He's literally acting for himself. Like when Rena called him out for the second time at that festival No So Live in Lisbon, she said, "Can you apologize for once in your fucking life without making it about you?" And that is so true because not only is it going to tighten rules for other artists coming into Malaysia, it's gonna have backlash on the government tightening its laws against LGBTQ people. Yeah. It's just like, like this is what Sarah said a minute ago. The 1975 can be banned from Malaysia and that doesn't matter to him because he can go make his money elsewhere and yeah. he can go live in a country where people have freedom of expression and freedom to be themselves. Meanwhile, those laws are going to be harsher on the people who live there. And he has no regret. No regret for his actions. Yeah, I mean, like, if you follow him on Instagram, like, literally the day after he posted, like, a bunch of photos of Ross, posted the announcement that Good Vibes Festival, like, the rest of the festival was canceled, posted that announcement, and then was like, can you blame me? Like, how can you be around Ross for, like, more than 15 minutes and not want to make out with him? And then posted another thing of, like, the map of Malaysia with, like, a fedora on it or something. Like, I don't even understand what half the things he posted were. But Jenna and I, the morning after this happened, like, when we are texting, I said, I was like, there's going to be horrible repercussions for this. And I was right, because, of course, I was. So following... <laughs> 
because of course I was. No, I mean, just like, because of course it's like a country that's clearly oppressive in the fact that like it's a country run by Sharia law. Like they're going to take any excuse to, you know, be like, oh, see, look, the Western world is bad for us. Like, let's not let them have access to us. So following the announcement that the festival got canceled and that the 1975 are banned from ever performing in Malaysia again, Fahin Fadzil, who's the country's communication minister, wrote on Twitter that the government is always committed to supporting the development of creative industries and freedom of expression. However, never touch the sensitivities of the community, especially those that are against the manners and values of the local culture. So like this didn't go well. So Rebecca Ratcliffe for The Guardian, following everything that happened with Good Vibes Festival and the Malaysian government making announcements and everything, like wrote a really interesting article that included the fact that the government said that they will be tightening entry requirements for foreign artists to perform in Malaysia. But on top of that, she also compiled some quotes from local activists from Malaysia, including Dia Rezki Rozad, who is the deputy president of Jijika, which is a social support group for gay, bisexual, and queer men in Malaysia. And Dia criticized the government's handling of the situation, citing Healy's right to freedom of expression. And so Rebecca writes that Dia also added that Maddie's speech was not how many activists in the country would have wanted to highlight the issues, saying, and I quote, we've been doing a lot of work on the ground, community organizing, and having stakeholder meetings with local government agencies doing it at this scale with a lot of people who are not aware of the discussions going around with regards to queer activism that is what is harmful they need to be mindful of how they speak and they need to speak to the community beforehand which is exactly what i said which is like if you want to make a statement and do something do a little bit of research beforehand get in contact with these activist groups and like do what they would want you to do and use your voice and your platform in the way that they think works best for their country and the laws of said country. It just feels like Maddie is mad about a lot of things and like some of these things he brought upon himself and some of these things he didn't, but it just feels like he's conflating all of this and making it synonymous when they're entirely different issues and then he's taking out on groups of people that don't deserve to have this taken out on them. And also like to his point of like, we decided to play the show because you guys deserve to have a good time. And then he just went and fucked it all anyways. Like it's kind of like the, like he should have, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's the kind of like the shut up and sing. Yeah. Of just like, dude, check your attitude at the door. Like this is not the place for it. Like there's a time and place for that. And it's not here. The difference between like what he did and people being angry about it and like people saying like oh like shut up and sing is that the people most of the time when there are like conservative newscasters being like oh just shut up and sing like do your job they're talking to people who live in the country yeah that these things are happening to who like understand and have maybe experienced these things themselves Meanwhile, again, like Maddie said himself, he did no research. He just showed up and was like, oh, they're not cool with queers here. I'm going to be really mad about it and also bring up the fact that people think I'm a pedophile, which like there's already enough of a problem of people conflating and saying that like pedophilia is the same thing as being queer, which so like Maddie, including this, both of these things in the same tirade was like not it. But my big thing is, is it's like, Okay, so this happened. Maddie clearly has absolutely no remorse for it. 
in following, the 1975 announced that they were canceling shows in another Muslim-majority country, Indonesia, on Sunday, as well as a show in Taiwan, which isn't a Muslim-majority country. And the announcement read, the 1975 regret to announce that their forthcoming shows in Jakarta and Taipei will no longer be going ahead as planned. The band never take the decision to cancel a show lightly and had been eagerly looking forward to playing for fans in Jakarta and Taipei, but unfortunately... Due to current circumstances, it is impossible to proceed with the scheduled shows. I think that that's just Maddie having a hissy fit, maybe. Yeah, literally. But, like, my big thing is it's, like, if Maddie cares so fucking much about the fact that the country of Malaysia is, like, no we're not supportive of like queerness like that's not okay when it's like the whole country and it's the whole government and it's like something that's been happening for years on end and there's people working to make that country more progressive like maybe he should worry about what's going on in the united kingdom right now and what's going on in the united states right now which are two countries that have freedom of speech and have legal gay marriage where there are states and portions of the uk that are like being super backwards about this stuff and yet he's continued like they're not canceling playing he's touring in florida he's touring in texas yeah yeah, exactly this is what we're talking about when we're texting about this yeah and it's like okay so put your fucking money where your mouth is and make a statement by not taking the money from those states not bringing money to those states by playing there or yeah. go in or donate and, the and, money. Yeah, donate, yeah. donate the money like, to a local literally, organization. Literally, like go play in Ron DeSantis's Florida. Get up on stage and be like, talk for fifteen minutes about like what he's doing wrong and how to fix it. And be like, you know what I'm doing with all the money we've made in Florida? I'm donating it in Ron DeSantis's name to transgender yeah. kids. Like, yeah. fucking do something yeah. in the two countries that like you can actually do something in because you understand them more. It doesn't make any sense to me that he felt the need to like throw this tantrum in Malaysia, a country he admittedly knows nothing about. Meanwhile, he just played a bunch of shows in England where England is getting more and more conservative by the day. And it's like, you're going to be in your own fucking country that you're going to, and you're not going to say anything about the government or what's going on there. And you're going to announce a whole other US tour going to multiple states that are taking away rights from kids like shut the fuck up (laughs) like it's just it's so it's so insane to me that like he is just so self-obsessed and so badly wants to be like viewed as this progressive person that he's going to cause problems in a place that he doesn't understand (laughs) i feel like a few months ago we thought there was hope and redemption for maddie and he is fully off the deep end right now he needs time away and not on the stage yeah because at this rate like i don't i don't know it's genuinely concerning and it's like really hard to watch somebody who i personally have like respected for a really long time as like one of the few outspoken in a proper way people to just like completely fuck it up because i mean that was the other thing that we talked about like in our the 1975 episode was that like in Tennessee, he like did a whole speech about how they were trying to ban abortion there. It was and, like, in he... Alabama. Sorry. It was a hangout fest in Alabama. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you. But yeah, I mean, like he was in the South, like playing in Alabama and like made a statement about atrocities happening in the South. And it's like, okay, you could do that. You could like do research there. I mean, also like the point you were making a minute ago of like they've made really great art that allows fans to have 
a sense of peace, have a sense of identity, loving someone by the 1975 being one of those songs. Yeah. I'm sure there are lots of queer people in Malaysia, teenagers and young people who don't have the right to like fully express themselves publicly, who listen to songs like loving someone by the 1975 and find solace in that. And so to see someone like an artist that you might respect and like really hold importance in that regard to come into your country and then completely trash everything and make it harder for you to live your life like that hurts a lot yeah it's just really painful and it was really hard to watch like a lot of malaysian people and content creators on tiktok responding to this and the general consensus of fans who were at the show just literally being like just play the fucking music Like, they don't want this to be happening. And, like, that was the other thing was there was an article for NPR and that The Guardian article that I mentioned. And, like, in both of these articles, they mentioned how there have been some instances recently in which, like, queer events or, like, events that were going to be featuring queer artists and stuff were just, like, stopped by the government. So, clearly, there have been, like, some issues relatively recently. Yeah. And also, in general, the whole festival being canceled, like, that's so much lost opportunity for, like, local and other Asian artists to perform. Like, I saw a TikTok from someone who was, like, a local artist who was, like, this was such a big deal for me to be able to perform this festival and it's canceled. Yeah. Like, literally taking... literally taking opportunities away from people because of maddie's fucking privilege yeah so like a lot was lost and a lot of hurt was caused by this and literally nothing good yeah literally nothing good and this is again another situation where minorities voices are being silenced by maddie defenders on the internet who think that one person is going to change something and the one person that's going to change something is never going to be a foreigner like that's just never going to be the case yeah. it's like yeah, yeah there can it takes be years it takes years of advocacy and movement and organization and working sometimes working in tandem with the government years yeah lgbtq rights in america did not happen overnight yeah 100 percent. and it's like obviously there have been cases where outside forces have come in and been able to stop oppressive governments from causing problems but that's outside <laughs> world for- war yeah world that's, war one and two. that's outside forces <laughs> forces with an s that's yeah. large groups that have long-term like divisive plans to stop like apartheid <laughs> or the holocaust it feels like you're trying to just, it feels like things. yeah it feels like you're trying to describe world war without saying any of the clue words like we're just playing charades like, like literally it's like it's like the only time out oh. like an outside force is like really stopping things is like when things escalate to the point where it's a world war like that's literally yeah. like the case and it's like maddie healy's not going to fucking fix malaysia by just throwing a drunken tantrum on stage in front of fans who came to have a fucking good time and he's literally up there being like i'm gonna take your money and leave like matthew these kids did nothing wrong you literally just said the kids did nothing wrong and yet you're telling them to their faces i'm gonna just like take your money and fuck off yeah clearly we have a lot of thoughts about this yeah we'd love to chat more about it and hear your thoughts and you know where to find us yeah it feels very much like maddie has been performatively digging his own grave like in the uk like making fun of everything that happened 
And watching his behavior in the UK, I was like, oh, okay, like he's taking the route of just kind of like making fun of himself and being like, oh, wasn't that silly, goofy of me? And so I thought yeah. like, oh, he's trying to redeem himself in his weird, you know, personally passive aggressive way. And instead of like taking that route, he literally did this. And now I I don't know. I just I feel like similarly to Doja Cat, like his fans like a lot of his fans are brainwashed enough to just be like, Maddie can do absolutely no wrong. We support him always. Like nothing would ever be fixed if people didn't stand up for themselves. And it's like, yeah, the people who are being oppressed stood up for themselves. Not some random fuck who just showed up and was like, it's not okay that you guys are being oppressed. And they're like, yeah, we know we're trying to fix it. <laughs> and he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't know that because I didn't Google it. <laughs> oh my god uh. so yeah and as jenna said there's clearly a lot of thoughts and feelings that we are having and i'm sure you guys are also having lots of thoughts and feelings so if you would like to come chat with us you can come to our instagram slide in our dms we're at name three songs on instagram and all other platforms as per usual if you have any personal qualms beef love whatever it is that you would like to chat with us about i am at sarah underscore fagan on all platforms and jenna is at jenna underscore million so thanks for joining us this week on name three songs and until next time never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band remember you're never too cool to listen to harry styles and jungkook only don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help if you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit name3songs.com. 